Welcome, listeners. It is December 5th, 2015, and this is Rose G. reaching out to you from rainy Vancouver, B.C. I'm making a plea to you to put your preconceived notions of infant circumcision aside and see it for what it truly is, forced genital mutilation. It is time we unite as a nation and make infant circumcision illegal. With the same rationale used for circumcision advocacy, Would it be acceptable for a parent to justify the removal of their child's hand because his hands would surely become sturdy and possibly make him sick? Since the introduction of the practice of circumcision into North America in the 1860s, the beneficial claims have ranged from the prevention of cancer and STDs to easing the maintenance of hygiene and therefore preventing simple infections like UTIs. People have adopted the belief that circumcision is a normal part of our culture and do not seem to question whether it is ethical to physically alter an infant's genitals before they are of age to decide for themselves. Parents are often offered this service by healthcare providers with whom they put trust in. The parent is made to feel that circumcision is a routine surgery necessary to the health of their newborn son. The parent is often unaware of the pain the infant endures, not only during the circumcision, but for the week afterwards. As well, the surgical site is at risk to infection during this healing period. There is also the very real possibility of major medical complications like disfigurations and in some cases death to an otherwise healthy baby. Circumcision advocates have found a seemingly endless list of benefits that circumcision provides. It all started in the 1860s when circumcision was introduced to North America as a way of preventing masturbation and the nervous excitation caused by arousal. The Victorian style of medicine believed that nervous excitation posed numerous health risks. Later, when STDs were on a rise, circumcision advocates claimed circumcision was a good way to prevent the transmission of STDs, reasoning that the foreskin would harbor the infection, increasing the risk of transmission. But it was plain to see that proper hygiene would achieve the same benefit. This kind of information could actually prove quite harmful as it is being realized that some men are gaining a false sense of immunity to STDs because they are circumcised. This is of tremendous concern in countries where HIV rates are very high. Circumcision advocates also claimed circumcision would prevent simple infections like UTIs and yeast infections, which could also easily be prevented through good hygiene. Circumcision advocates also promote circumcision to cure phismosis, which is an unretractable foreskin, but phismosis does not occur until maturation and all babies have unretractable foreskins. In fact, the unretractable nature of the infant's foreskin is actually beneficial. It prevents infection and abrasion of the gland. The benefits of foreskin are rarely discussed. Other benefits include a motile gland and more nerve endings, allowing for much more pleasurable sexual encounters. Parents need to be educated on the truth behind circumcision and realize that the benefits claimed by circumcision advocates are exaggerated and scientifically unproven. In fact, the Canadian Pediatric Society's official 2015 position statement on circumcision says, The pediatric 
the Canadian Pediatric Society does not recommend the routine circumcision of every newborn male. Doctors also state the potential health benefits of circumcision do not outweigh the risks, so it is more likely the infant will experience harm rather than benefit from being circumcised. The medical community does not consider circumcision a medical procedure. Instead, it is considered a social surgery of no medical benefit. I will now ask the mother of a young male about her views on circumcision and her experience in choosing to circumcise or to leave her son intact. Welcome. Prior to your son's birth, what were your thoughts on circumcision? I hadn't had very much thoughts about circumcision, but it seemed like a normal part of life. When was your son, when your son was born, did your views on circumcision match those of the fathers? My husband is not circumcised, but he thought it would be a good idea because he, he'd suffered multiple infections as a child. Did your doctor talk to you before or after your son was born about the possibility of circumcision? Our doctor did ask us if we were interested in having our son circumcised and told us about the benefits. Did you choose to circumcise or not? And do you feel comfortable with your choice? We would have circumcised our son, but we couldn't afford it, so we never got it done. We're okay with that now. He hasn't had any health problems because of it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your views and experiences with the viewers of this podcast. And thank you to the viewers for tuning in. Hopefully you have gained some insight into the harmful, unnecessary, and illogical practice of infant circumcision. Please feel free to share this information and take the time to truly understand why circumcision is performed and the serious risks it poses to infants and children.